And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. And Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Friday. It's been brought to my attention that you enunciate your words. <laughs> Shouldn't we all? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It, 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 we are broadcasters at the end of the day. so This is true. If I slurred all my words, I'm not quite sure if I'd be qualified for the job. That's a fair point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm an announcer through and through. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into our keyword news portion. We're going to start with the weather conditions for us because, yes, it is a monsoon season. This is our first keyword of the day. Torrential rain. So heavy rain has pounded Seoul and northern parts of the country yesterday, marking the start of the annual monsoon season. The average is a month. Rain comes and goes, uh, sometimes in bucket loads, sometimes in drizzles. What's the latest? Yeah, I think it's going to be bucket loads this time mm. round, And it's usually that, uh, that kind of rain that we see yeah. this time of year. Uh, and it's already started more than 100 millimeters of rain falling in Gyeonggi province, Incheon, Gangwon provinces uh, uh, as of 9 p.m. yesterday. And it was still going on throughout the night as well. Uh, precipitation was heaviest in Yangju, Paju and Gangwon in Incheon, where about 130 millimeters were recorded. Uh, rain continued throughout the night between 30 and 50 millimeters of precipitation. Um, so not as heavy as what we saw in the evening, uh, but still continuing rain nonetheless. Uh, central and southern parts of the country will receive the same amount of rain through this morning. Um, heavy rain advisories and alerts were issued for Seoul, Sejong, Daejeon, uh, Incheon and Gyeonggi, as well as uh, some other parts in central and south of the country. Um, dozens of property damage, unfortunately, were reported in Incheon, Gyeonggi and Gangwon, although there were no casualties reported. Uh, there are reports of flooded greenhouses, uh, fallen roadside trees and um, broken building windows as well. And President Yoon Song-yeol had instructed officials to prepare thoroughly for the rainy season, including by, uh, including quick evacuations where necessary. Mm -hmm. And he also ordered officials to carry out advanced uh, inspections in areas prone to landslides, as well as low-lying coastal areas and campgrounds as well. Uh, more rain, unfortunately, is in the forecast over the next week or so. Uh, this is causing further concern of rivers and streams flooding. Uh, some riverbanks uh, have already flooded in yesterday's rain as well. And if we remember last year, we saw a lot of areas uh, around the Han River mm. where it was just inundated with water and um, pathways and parks are pretty much closed off. Right. So it's pretty much likely to be the same this year round as well. All right. So keep those weather updates handy. And as Adam mentioned, I think it's so important to be extra careful on the roads. I was rushing yesterday and your friendly mm -hmm. reminder kind of nudged me in the right direction. Slow down. You're not getting there any faster. <laughs> you can't control traffic. <laughs> exactly. Especially in Seoul. Yeah. So here's a gentle reminder for anyone getting ready to work in Seoul today. Uh, drive safely and keep the weather updates close by. We have uh, all day round weather updates coming to you from Adirang Radio too. On to our second uh, key word of the day. Weakening currency. So unfortunately, more bad news in the financial markets. Korea's currency has fallen to its lowest level in 13 years as concerns about global monetary tightening and economic recession continues. 
Yeah, it's pretty much uh, further bad news, I'm afraid, uh, in terms of the currency and just the stock market as well and just the overall financial situation here in the country uh, and worldwide, in fact. Uh, Now, Korea's currency yesterday dropped below the psychological threshold of 1,301 to the greenback in intraday trading. Finance Minister Chu Gyeong-ho made a uh, verbal intervention, if you will, to forestall further decline. He said that Uh, Forex authorities will take steps to stabilize the currency markets if needed. Uh, He added that the government will also make policy efforts to ease demand supply imbalances in the market. He didn't specify what measures the government would take, though. Uh, But experts say they could involve increasing government spending and, of course, raising interest rates. Now, the one eventually closed at 13.011 against the dollar, down uh, four and a half one from the previous session. Uh, the last time it broke 1300 was actually in mid 2009. That was during the global financial crisis. Um, at one point during the day, it almost reached 1303 as well. Now, the ones that rapid depreciation comes in with monetary tightening in the US uh, that could tip the global economy into recession. There's been concerns of that. Currency analysts say the Forex market is expected to see kind of heightened volatility for the time being. Uh, and all this is causing concern because the one's fall is fit to intensify upward inflation pressure as it boosts import prices. Concerns are also growing that the economy could face uh, stagflation of slowing growth and high inflation. Mm. Um, the government and the Bank of Korea, they've both said that they will closely monitor, it, monitor the financial market and step in to stabilize it when needed. Uh, for the Bank of Korea, that's uh, most likely in terms of high interest rates that are likely to come in the months to come. All right, let's turn to our labor market next. This is our third keyword of the day. Labor reform. So Finance Minister Chu kyung has pledged labor market reforms in the near future with the government announcing a slew of possible measures. Uh, 52-hour work week is, of course, great on paper, but labor market flexibility seems necessary depending on which sector you're talking about. What's the latest? Yeah, so that was one of the measures announced, kind of like a revamp of that 52-hour work week. And uh, uh, Finance Minister Chu pointed out that current labour codes were set up to accommodate industries that were heavily based on manufacturing. And he noted that is no longer the case as industries have now become pretty much highly developed and uh, diversified as well. Um, Chu said reforms will seek to support a market-led economy. That's pretty much in line with uh, what President Yoon Song has been saying ever since the campaign trail. Uh, As uh, part of step one, working hours and wages will most likely see changes. One key proposed change is to allow employees to schedule overtime on a monthly basis rather than a weekly one. Now, the current 52-hour work week law stipulates a 40-hour work week with 12 hours of overtime allowed. When managed on a monthly basis, workers would be able to work 60 hours in one week, but far less in other weeks in the month, still mm-hmm. complying with an average of 52 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, manufacturers and particularly SMEs, they've been requesting uh, such flexibility, especially during peak seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, some say they had to turn away some orders and even hire more workers, which means more costs for them mm-hmm. due to the restrictions on the working hours. Now, another major change the government suggested is the adoption of seniority-based pay. According to the government, 70% of companies with over 1,000 employees pay them based on the number of years they have worked at the company. For companies with 100 employees or more, the ratio is just over 55%. Mm. 
Now, an employee who has worked, say, 30 years or more gets nearly three times the salary of a newcomer. And you might say that's pretty much natural and normal. Um, but the ministry noted that such a system is appropriate in an economy that is expanding rapidly and needs to encourage employee loyalty. Uh, but it noted that in the time of low growth, which is uh, when switching of jobs is uh, pretty common, mm -hmm. that system is no longer sustainable. Mm -hmm. Now, additionally, the government plans to expand the peak wage system to guarantee employment of older employees. Now, the peak wage system limits the salaries of employees after a certain age. Um, this system was kind of adopted in order to reduce the labour costs of older employees and encourage the hiring of younger workers. Right. Now, the Men Labour Ministry said it will create a research team next month that will come up with a new peak wage system uh, in October. So we'll have to see what kind of measures and policies come out uh, after that. All right, uh, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. North Korea discussions. So the top military officers of South Korea and the United States have discussed North Korea's military threats. More in detail, that is. Run us through what was mm -hmm. said. Yeah, Joint Jesus Staff Chairman One in China and his U.S. counterpart Mark Milley agreed through virtual talks that the Allies' combined defense posture is more solid than at any other time. Now, the remark comes amid grave concerns about the possibility of Pyongyang conducting a nuclear test or an ICBM test as well. Uh, they noted that a series of North Korea's missile launches this year threatened peace and stability, not only on the Korean Peninsula, uh, but also in the Indo-Pacific region. Uh, one stressed the importance of close cooperation to display the Allies' capabilities. Uh, he said the Allies will respond sternly also to possible provocations. Uh, Milley reaffirmed that Washington's security commitment to the defense of South Korea and he also thanks the outgoing Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair for his contributions to the development of the alliance. Now, meanwhile, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and high-ranking officials there uh, discussed changes to frontline military units during a major party meeting, uh, as reported by state media. Uh, there is speculation the regime could deploy uh, tactical guided weapons and short-range ballistic missiles to frontline artillery units. Now, while the KCNA report was kind of vague, photographs of the meeting suggested the military reorganization under discussion was directed against South Korea. That's because the map released by the KCNA displayed South Korea's eastern region. And with short-range ballistic missiles and tactical guided missiles, they are, as the name suggests, more for short-range targets, which would, of course, have South Korea uh, in the crosshairs. Now, mm. South Korea's military said it is tracking the changes um, under discussion uh, in Pyongyang. And of course, this kind of highlights the uh, ever escalating tensions mm. between the two Koreas and North Korea and the US, especially amid the new administration of Yoon Sung Yeol. All right. Uh, finally, let's move on to our fifth keyword of the day. Joining EU. So Ukraine, it seems, is set to become an official candidate for EU membership, the first step to join the bloc officially. What's the latest? Right. So this is just one step. Uh, they are not a member yet, but uh, they have been, uh, or the European Parliament did vote overwhelmingly to grant EU candidate status to the embattled Ukraine. Uh, this does bring it one step closer to though, two Western allies and the bloc that have been kind of supporting the country during Russia's invasion. Uh, the European Parliament, meanwhile, also approved EU candidacy for Moldova as mm. well, uh, as well as Georgia. Now, President of the European Council, Charles Michel, described the decision as a historic moment. 
Uh, Ukraine applied days after the Russian uh, after the Russian invasion in February, uh, and the process moved uh, at quite a record speed. In fact, uh, during the conflict, uh, Ukraine President Vol- Volodymyr Zelensky hailed Thursday's decision, saying Ukraine's future is within the EU. Um, as I mentioned, candidate status is the first kind of official step towards EU membership. Uh, but there are some caveats. It can take many years mm-hmm. to join, and there's actually no guarantee of success as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said the accession process would be merit-based and by the book, in her words. And she noted that formal negotiations would not begin until conditional reforms are carried out. Now, these include strengthening the rule of law, improving human rights, uh, reducing the power of oligarchs and tackling corruption. Um, she also stressed that Ukraine needs to build a fully-fledged market economy, which she also noted was difficult for a post-Soviet republic. Um, these are basically all criteria that a member or a country needs to fulfill if it wants to become an EU member. Mm-hmm. Uh, all existing EU members also have to agree before a new country can become a candidate. So that basically means getting uh, the green light from 27 members. Mm-hmm. Now, Russia knew this was on the cards uh, and has already been acting as if it's no big deal. Uh, whether that is uh, their honest uh, stance uh, remains to be seen. Uh, last week, for example, Vladimir Putin claimed he had nothing against Ukraine's possible EU membership. Um, maybe that's because he realizes uh, that it is a very long uh, procedure. Mm. Uh, one of the latest additions, I think it was Romania uh, becoming an EU member, it took nearly a decade to mm. actually become uh, a member of the EU. Whether that will be the same case for Ukraine, of course, remains to be seen on how it uh, conforms mm. with those EU rules and criteria to join the bloc. But uh, anyway, one step closer to membership nonetheless. All right. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's and this week's coverage. Stay dry. We'll see you next week. You too. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.